All right. Mm. We are back with another banger today. I've been looking forward to this episode for a minute. Our schedules was just colliding, but here we are. Welcome back to another episode of The Highlight Reel. Today, I am with Miss Winston, who I know is Tori, but we are in her classroom in Cleveland Heights High School, right? University High School. Love my CHS. So, Tori, I'm sorry, Miss Winston, go ahead and tell the people who you are. Hi, I am Tori Winston, other known as Miss Winston to my little students. Right. Um, and I am currently a ninth grade ELA teacher here at Cleveland Heights High School and a Kent State alum. That's cool. I go flashes. Absolutely, absolutely. I've been looking forward to this episode for he really a has. minute. He just me. because um I've been talking about this for for a little while, but I love seeing people that I went to school with, people my age basically giving back to the people that are coming after us because that's you said that you took um english and you took it like in the um pan-african studies building at kent state i did as well so i feel like we both learned a little bit about you know giving back reaching back for the people that come Mm -hmm. after you so to see you as a teacher i love to see it because this is something that you do basically every day and i feel like you make a direct impact so how have how has this school year gone for you? Like, what was this? What was this like? Oh, my God. It has been one of the most uh, enlightening, rewarding experiences I've ever had. Honestly, like like you said, like not even just taking a pan-African studies course, but just like knowing that. I mean, a lot of black kids don't have people they can look up to, like inside their homes. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you know, and some may do, but I just really wanted to be a positive figure for young black students that's yeah. why i came to an urban environment um i feel like some of our black kids get like a negative rep and i don't like that like mm-hmm. i teach some of the smartest most amazing most caring kids in the world and they look like me and right. they'll go on to the world one day so yes it's been amazing and even my colleagues like just coming into this environment young you know really like just a freshman in the game again but my colleagues have been amazing they've helped me my principal oh my gosh i love her she has been such a wonderful role model um, and just shaping me and helping me become a better teacher, coming in my classroom, watching me teach, um, just giving me feedback. And her also just noting that I have a really good rapport with the students. That was honestly the most important thing to me because I can always grow as a content creator in terms of making sure my kids are learning and I'm oh. doing a good job. But like making connections and relationships. Either you have that or you don't. And mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like I have it. And that's the most important thing to me. All right. That's good. Because I do want to get into what the dynamic between you and your students is like. <laughs> we won't have to. I mean, we both graduated fairly recently. Let's yes. put it like that. Um, so I'm pretty sure some of the students, as I've had enough time to you know, witness some evidence of, some students might look at you as like a big sister. Some, some um, students might look at you kind of like, um, you know, a motherly figure in a way. So what has navigating that, that dynamic been like? Has it is it hard for you to maybe want to be as close as you want, but you know you can't? Things like that. Like, what are some of the challenges that you've been experiencing with that? I would say as a young teacher, you know, student of the gang, just ahead of my class. <laughs> <laughs> but as a young teacher, I think that the girls really gravitate towards me and I think I love that but also like the boundary things mm-hmm. like just certain things you have to remember like these are my students not my homegirls yeah. but like I mean also is that ever hard for you though yes, Cause because it's like you, you want to really yeah, be their friend yeah. but you like are important like even like so like 
well, that's time to, I need y'all to listen and be quiet. Like, I need y'all attention. I need y'all to listen and be quiet. And I have such a good, like, rapport with my students in terms of them wanting to tell me things when they're sad and upset. And I have to remind them, like, okay, like, you got to tell me after I get through the lesson. You got to tell me after mm. I, you get your work done. And then we can talk, like, the last five minutes of class or whatever like that. Because they always want to be like, like Jemiah says, let me help you. Miss Winston, mm. I got to tell you. I got to tell you what's going on. So, like, a lot of my students definitely want to come to me and just tell me everything. And sometimes, also, like, I'm not going to fake. I have to, like, make sure I'm, you know, not pouring from an empty cup and I still have enough energy left for myself because mm. – I literally talk to seniors. They come to me, and I've helped them with college applications. Like, I go outside of my just teaching freshmen. Like, I feel like I've been able to make a co- connection with, like, kids of all grades here. So, like, I be having to remember, like, preserve your energy. You can't save everyone. You can't help everyone. Like, just be the best you you can be in that moment. So, I would say just learning boundaries. It definitely has been a challenge at times. Definitely. Especially on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> everyone what, wants to follow me. Everyone Why? wants to follow you because is that do you think that's because I think because honestly <laughs> this is what I think it is. Like honest to God, being a, a black person in education yeah. it can be seen as rare, honestly. It's not mm. enough of us in the classroom. So when, when my students meet me and they like, Oh, you like the music I like, you you get your hair done. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get your nails done. Like they wanna know me outside of this setting. They yeah. wanna be immersed into my life because that's how much they feel connected to me. And it's beautiful and I love that. I love that they see themselves in me. It's the whole reason why I became a teacher. But also, baby, you cannot follow me on IG. That's just not <laughs> you can't see me. I know. It's not going to happen. So I would probably say, yeah, those boundaries. But I mean, you know, they respect me, honestly. And that was something I really worried about. Like, what if they, like, was really disrespectful and, like, called me out my name and dogged me? Mm -hmm. Like, my family was like, let me know if I got to come up there. But honestly, I think I get more respect than I ever thought I would. Like, they don't think about me. It's been things that happened and my students have stood up for me before a colleague has, like, 110%. Mm. They don't play. And you feel like that comes from the relationship that you kind of fostered. Then relationships is everything. And not like, like as an educator, like teachers can serve as so much more than just somebody who grades your papers and tells you what not to do. Like at times we are the therapist. At times we are the mother. At times you are the counselor. At times you are the friend, you know? So I feel like them wanting to respect me and take up for me. It's a hundred percent because of the relationship. I don't just come in here needing them to do my work. Like, I want to know you. Like, are you okay? How are you doing? If you having a bad day, you need to put your head down, 100% do that. If you having one of them days where you just need to talk to me, let's do that. If you having one of them days where you are actually, like, really engaged and you loving everything we do, and, like, those, I love those days. So I think, like, getting to know my students, knowing their behaviors, their tendencies, their things that I don't like as well, but, like, that relationship, it really is the foundation for everything, honestly. Okay. They know I love them and respect them, so they give me a back time saying Mm, I love to hear that. Okay, because I I think we should do a little bit of backtracking. So obviously we both went to Kent State. Um, I graduated spring 21. You graduated spring 22. So what has that that transition into being, you know, a younger teacher? What what has that been like just as a person, but also as far as your teaching career so far? How has that transition been for you? It's been hard. Honestly, it really has because... You go from, like, living a certain life, like, going to class and being with your friends at the bar on a Tuesday, yeah. like, you know, like, you know, water street, you know how that was. And just, like, doing whatever a regular college student would do. Like, your yeah. everyday life is kind of spontaneous a little bit. Like, after mm-hmm. class, I might you might catch me in a student center. You might catch me at the bar. I mean, mm-hmm. you never know. So yeah. I feel like 
when you transition from that, even like coming home, you know, like not living on campus. I lived on campus all four years in Kent. So like yeah. coming home in a transition has been really hard just as far as like having a schedule and sticking to it every day. Like every day I get up, I do my morning routine, I come to work, you know, that can get very draining. Also, just like understanding that I don't have the freedom like I used to to have that like, you know, whatever I want to do mm-hmm. type of day. And it can take a really a big toll on your mental health because it's like I'm coming here every day and I have 150 kids mm-hmm. looking up to me on my caseload, looking at me as an example. And I have to be like, you know, that person. And it does get hard sometimes. Rewarding, but hard. I can understand that because, I mean, it's obviously it's a, it's like a chapter gone. Yeah. Chapter done that mm-hmm. you would love to continue to live. But. I do think it's it's good that you can look back on that and realize where you came from and how you're kind of growing from that. But uh, I do think because, as you've been basically speaking to, there is pressure as far as being a teacher, which I can understand. But I think that also speaks to how important it is what you do. Yeah. Because, I, like I said, I actually follow you on social media. So because <laughs> I get to see some of the stuff that you do, anytime I see your interaction with your with your students – um, I'm actually very like I'm grateful to witness it and grateful to see it because um, I know I feel like the teacher that you are is the teacher that you either wish you had, which you maybe didn't have or just the teacher that you want to be for these students, because the relationship that's there. I don't know if you realize how important because they respect you and they see you in this way, they might. Some, sometimes kids don't want to go to school. Yeah. And that's that's just the honest truth. But knowing that they might see their teacher who is bigger than a te- just a teacher to them, yeah. it makes that difference. And that's why anyone that's a teacher, I love to see that because it's, I don't know if you realize how influential and how impactful yeah. your role is. I can still remember teachers I had from like third grade. Yeah. You know, so when you have a teacher that is really invested in you and actually cares about who you are, just also outside of the classroom, then they might come back after they graduate and say, like, hey, how are you doing? Those are things where it's like, no matter how much time has passed, I remember the role you played in my life at one point because, yes, you were teaching me things. And, of course, they, um, as far as from a, like a basic level, yes, you taught me something, and that's always important, but who you were to me and, like, what is on top of that. You taught me this, but you were also this to me, and I got to see you every day. You become a fixture in that person's life. Yeah. So that's why whenever I see you and I see what you're doing, <laughs> I get I get so I feel like I start cheesing because it's like, man, this is I think this is what I want for all of my friends that are teachers, because even though I'm not a teacher, um, I feel like I would be probably the teacher I didn't get to have or I, yeah, I would be the teacher that I didn't have. And that's basically, you know, making sure that they feel like you care, that you're there and that you can really invest into who they are as a person because as you were saying sometimes you might if a student needs help you might take them home if they need it you know it's like not always going to happen but showing that you are willing to go the extra mile for your students because when you I mean I'm pretty sure you've had that teacher it's like they come to teach and that's it once the once the clock hit two two thirty three o'clock whatever it is don't ask me for nothing and that's I've had that yeah and that could be hard because yes it's this is cold. a job it's a job but when you go above and beyond, when you genuinely care, it's easy to see. So yeah. I feel like I can see how much you care by this, uh, the relationship and the interactions I've seen that you have with your students, just a little back and forth, a little funny stuff that you might say. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you are close to them, mm-hmm. 
as far as in age, they might not know or whatever. But I think that that makes a difference because they're thinking, oh, she's like, we're actually really close. So I feel like I can actually open up to where sometimes you might have an older teacher. You might really see them as a parent, but they might not feel as um, open to tell them certain things, you know. So I think that it just speaks to how important this is. is. So, yeah. Touching back on like the transition thing, like that's why it is important to do something that you really want to do. Because when you graduate from college, you're on such a high, a well-deserved high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everything (laughs) that teaches on you, like, oh my God. And then like, you know, even when I was going through my interview processes and I was looking at schools and I was narrowing it down and I ended up picking Heights and they picked me and grateful for the relationship that I was able to create being here. But like, you know, that high went away. And Mm -hmm. it's like the pressure that you talked about. But at the same time, this is something that I really want to do. I want to continue to grow as an educator and I really love these kids. Like, I really do. And I think that that's definitely, like, going back to what you said. But I have to know, I'm not the teacher that I never had. I'm actually the teacher that I have had. Mm, and okay. I'm so grateful for her mm-hmm. because she is the reason why I wanted to go into teaching because it was days I came to school dealing with stuff from home or just personal. And she poured into me and she made me believe in myself. And she just never didn't tell me that I could be or do whatever I wanted to do. And so shout out to Ms. Freeman. I was going to say, you might as well say her name. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. And so, you know, yeah, that's why I'm here. That's beautiful. So, okay. So you are the teacher. You're being the teacher that you had. I think that also builds, it builds further upon that. Mm-hmm. It, it allows someone else to see that in you. And then it makes someone else maybe think, you know what? I had a teacher that was really there for me. So if I'm going to be a teacher, I want to make sure I'm there for my students the same exactly. way my teacher was for me. So like, then it's that reaching back. Room and like, like I remember one day I was having a really bad day. I was going through a high school breakup. Like, mm-hmm. Whatever. Who is he now? I couldn't say. <laughs> but, and like, she pulled me out of class. Like, I think it was before class started. Like, we was doing bell work. And she was like, what's wrong with you? And I was just like, I'm having a bad day. Me and my man broke up da, 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 da. and like you know of course to her a grown woman who's married with a kid she's like you don't even know this dude is not gonna exist in 10 years and he doesn't <laughs> but like at that moment that was a real problem to me and I was yeah. really going through something and she didn't she didn't like downplay my feelings or make me feel like a girl get over it like she was really like you know it's gonna be okay like just trying to give me like some real advice I can't remember what she said but it made me feel better anyways mm-hmm. and it's the fact that she walked out of class with me and took the time to ask me how I was doing and it wasn't just about making sure you do your bell work or make sure you get this assignment turned in. Yeah. It was like, I see something's wrong because I know you and I pay attention to you and I want to make sure you're okay. And I try to be that same way with my kids like every it's day. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, so I do want to talk about a little bit of that process that you were touching on as far as when you were doing your interviews and certain things like that. So I'm I'm pretty sure you had, you know, choices of schools you could have gone to. Okay. So what made you, did you go to school here? No. You didn't go to school here. Okay. So what made you choose here? Okay, so I didn't go to Heights, but I'm from the Cleveland area, so very familiar with them. We was always a rivalry, my school. So I went to Warrensville Heights High School. Go Tigers. I still love y'all. <laughs> um, but so I actually did get a job offer from Warrensville. Um, took it very seriously. I also interviewed with Solon and one other school. Um, but what made me choose here is actually my principal. I met her at a job fair. And she and the thing is, the interviews was over at the job fair like they were done. And then so my my friend, one of my uh, old classmates from college told me, like, did you know Cleveland Heights was here? And because I had said, like, I wish they was here. And I'm like, for real? She was like, yeah. So I end up 
running to the back. Interview was over. She was literally packing up her computer. And I was like, excuse me, like, you don't know me, but would you interview me? And she was like, you know what? I will. And we sat down and she interviewed me. Like, everybody was packing up and she interviewed me. And, um, you know, we really, I feel like we had a connection from that that day right then and there. And then we ended up exchanging numbers. She emailed me and texted me when the um, the application opened up. I came in for the first round, and this is really what changed it. In all my other interviews, I walked in the room, and there was no black people at the table. Mm. And mm. Except for Mooresville, because they did have black people. But I didn't take theirs because it was a middle school middle school position, and I, my heart is with high schoolers. But the other interviews, mm. there was no black people at the in the room at the okay. table. And when I came to Heights, it was a very good mixture of who was interviewing me, black and white. And the questions they asked about equity and inclusion and making sure we have curriculum where every student feels seen and heard and that we have a, a environment where all kids feel like they belong in your classroom, no matter who they are, where they come from. And it really just spoke to me because that's exactly the type of environment I wanted to teach in. Like I have a very diverse classroom. Actually, I teach white and black kids. And, um, and the, even the conversations we have, even the books we read, it touches on all issues, uh, all walks of life, and we're all able to have those conversations. And sometimes it can get uncomfortable, but these are important conversations because this is what's going to happen in the real world. So, like, when I found out, like, the culture here at Heights, I could pick my books, I could mm. pick the content I teach, mm. and my classroom will be diverse. It will be it will be focused on equity and inclusion, like, all things that it was instilled mm. in us that can't. So I was like, this is it. This is beautiful. This is school. This is school for me. And my principal, like she, I'm telling you, Warrensville tried, they hawked me down. But Ms. Dr. McKinney was like, we need you here. Like, she was like, we need a young black face in the building. And and I was like, I got to go. <laughs> and honestly, it was the best decision ever. I love, I love it here. I, I wouldn't have wanted to be anywhere else from the beginning of my teaching career. This was the perfect spot for me. God, you know, I had my plans, but he definitely ordered my steps. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Uh, so I wanted to touch on something you just said. You said that there was a position that was for middle school, but you said your heart is with high school. Why is that? Oh, I love that question, honestly, because I have a perfect answer. So, like, I, nothing against middle schoolers. My degree is actually 7 through 12, so I could teach middle school if I wanted to. I'm very knowledgeable in the content area. But the thing about high school that touches me is, like, when I was in high school, I seen a lot of my peers lost. They didn't know what they wanted to do, who they were. And even like now, just still following up with them after high school, a lot of them are do a lot of them either in jail, dead, scamming, selling drugs, not doing nothing. And it was like, you know, I had people pour into me in high school and it made me go a different route. You know, this is the last stop for kids before they touch the real world. I mean, college, but that's still like the real world in a way. Mm -hmm. I mean, it might be a bubble, but it's still like they're on their own. And it's like, we have to do everything we can to get them out of here, prepared for adulthood. Like, and it's like, it's not just pouring colleges and military in their face. There's so many other ways to be successful. Heights has a CTE program here where they have cosmetology. Mm -hmm. They have, um, Oh, my gosh, we do so much. I can't even think of all the programs. But yeah, basically, they have a lot of stuff where it gives kids options outside of college and military. Like, there's careers these kids can walk into when they walk out these doors. You know, trade careers. We just had a career fair. Not a college fair. A career fair where it was careers for kids 18 and older that they can go straight into. And I was just like, you know, especially black kids. Walking into Kent was an amazing experience, but there wasn't enough of us in those classrooms. There wasn't right. enough of us in um, running orgs or just anywhere. And I just feel like we have to get more of our kids into spaces where they can, you know, basically have the experience and be successful, whether it's barber school, hair school, nail school, trade school, you know, starting a business. Like, just do something outside of 
just filling up jails or filling up graveyards. Yeah. Honestly. Ooh, man, Tori. <laughs> Miss Winston. <laughs> <laughs> you are going in. Yeah, oh, my goodness. Like, so that's why my heart is with high schoolers. I want to help them basically be an influential and part of that that, that next step. Okay. All right. And then what is it? What what subject do you teach? English. Okay. You read and write here. So what what is it? Hmm. What are some of the like challenges that you've experienced as far as your students regarding the subject of English and how have you been really aiding them and guiding them to kind of overcome those challenges? They don't want to write. Okay. That's a big one. <laughs> that's that's straight up cuz they... I we have to get, we honestly, and honestly, like it doesn't start at the high school. We have to have better writing instruction from K through eighth before okay. they get here. And that's a, that's not even just on every teacher. Like it's, you know, that's board of education and things. That's also like, you know, just Ohio things that we yeah. have to do better in terms of teaching writing to kids. Yeah. But, you know, because writing and like you can, I think a lot of kids feel like, okay, I'm not a good writer, so I don't want to write. But you can grow you as a writer, and you can grow into a better writer. Writing is not about perfection. It's about progress. Like, they feel like if I don't have the perfect um, introduction paragraph, I'm not doing this essay. So one thing I've been trying to do to do with them more is just, like, we do journals every week where the journal mm -hmm. is never about the content. It's always about something else. Like, I have, like, said, like, well, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Or, like, who is one person in your life that you feel like is always there for you? Or, I mean, my journals are always something outside of the box. It's always something crazy, honestly. Mm. And it gives them a chance to write about things that's not just about what we're reading or what we're working on. Like, you know, because, of course, I got to teach the research paper. Of course, we got to read a book. Of course, we have to read Romeo and Juliet. But you also we also can write and find times to write about things that's not just about the content. You know what I'm mm. saying? So you might come in and the journal was about, I don't know, like, What's, what if you could travel to one place, where would you go? But then we go into a book where we're talking about like real life issues. But it's like mm -hmm. you got to have that flexibility. Okay. So I really would say that's the hardest part is getting kids to write and even teacher writing. Teacher writing is hard. Because Why is that? I can give you like because you have to teach kids how to have a voice in their papers. They'll plagiarize before they try to write. Like, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. they're scared of it. So it's like, and so if I feel like teaching writing is hard because I have to teach you, like, what does a good introduction paragraph look like? Oh, my How gosh. How to pull in evidence from a source and cite it and also do analysis. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's like, it's so, oh, my, my, uh, we're doing the writing unit right now. Like, we just started today. <laughs> and uh, I already have a headache. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but I'm hopeful. One of my big things that I always said in all of my college courses for education was I want to become the best teacher for writing. I want to provide the best examples. I want to be able to teach them how to do it, how to write the best thesis statements. And so I I, love. Mm. as I grow, this is my first year. So, of course, mistakes were made. I yeah. already have so much stuff I want to tweak for my curriculum next year. But, you know, as I grow, I really hope that I make a difference in making sure students feel comfortable with writing and also confident in their writing. Like, I can write and I can do this. And even when I make a mistake or a sentence is not perfect, I can fix it, you know, and I'll know how to fix it. I would definitely say that teaching English is probably a daunting. Well, as you as you basically spoken to a daunting task, because, again, as soon as you said they don't want to write, uh, I almost felt slightly attacked just because. <laughs> It's weird. When I was in college and in school, my papers were fine. I mean, I I would, you know, get my B's or my A's, but I was never really one of those students that was thinking, oh, a paper. 
I will easily take a test over a paper. I will easily oh, take a paper. Never, easily. never, never, never. Some of my favorite assignments were papers. I still have no. papers that I read to this day that I really love. No. I want to write, <laughs> listen, no. you know how much I love writing? I want to write a research paper on this one topic that I was talking about. Want, on I want to write a research paper. That's how much that I is- love it. I want to actually compile the research to prove this thesis that I have. I'm going to talk to you about it after this, but it's actually a really good topic, and I want to write it. Okay. Yeah. Nah, not me. Because um, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to definitely hear you out on this. I do respect others that really can write because I realize if you know how to write, oh my God, it can really open so many things up for you. I mean, writing is really in so many different things. I mean, screenwriting, movies, things, things like that, books. Yeah, I- Entertainment. They're yep. going to ask you things and you're going to have to write like they're going to ask you what's one of the most challenging things you've ever been through. When I tell you my application for here, hmm. I had to write like four paragraphs about different subjects. And I'm just like, if I wasn't an English teacher, I don't I probably would be looking at these paragraphs, these questions. Oh, like, I got to write all this. No, no, just not not me. Not, but I think also if I'm going to be extremely honest, I've realized that a way you can practice your writing is by reading. Right? Yes. But 100%. many people don't like to read. That's yeah. kind of sad. But I'm I'm going to be honest, too. I'm going to be accountable. I I think one time I was in middle school, I was playing football at the time. I came, I was tired, right? I came back from a practice, tired. I'm reading this book that I had to read for school, and I fell asleep, right? So I basically equated reading to be boring after that. It was like I fell asleep on a book. It had to be a pretty boring book for me to fall asleep on it. That was seventh grade. I'm 23 years old. <laughs> so I, it's like, I don't want to, um, I don't know that it makes it, it just makes it hard to want to read, but I do feel I like that's a, a way to practice. It's a, it's a game for that. It's a name for that. It's a, oh, what, oh, okay. What's, it's what's, called like a learned condition. Like when you have a negative experience with one oh, thing, yeah. your mind automatically like creates this, like, ex- like this memory in your head and it makes you never want to do it again. Truth and I see. I don't even feel like that. I actually do. Okay, if it's some sports stuff, I'll read it. I, it has to be something I really love. Okay, okay, I love anime. Right? If it's about anime, I'll read it. If it's about Marvel or some comic books, hey, technically that's some reading. I don't care. So I'll read that stuff. Sports, I'll read it. But there will be novels that just have a very interesting concept, and I want to read it, but I won't want to read it. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, this sounds cool, but. I like actually don't care like for a good it. Book, but I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not. It's not good enough for me to actually like that. Now there was, there were a few books that I read in high school that were super interesting. For example, what, uh, classic, The Catcher in the Rye. Like that was a very okay. interesting book. Um, the Bluest Eye. Like some of the books that I Ooh, read, the Bluest Eye. Yeah, some of the books that I read in high school still stick with me, and I always feel good about that because I know I can continue to grow that by reading other books. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just know I don't really always go out of my way to do it, and I know that that can trickle into my writing. But I've, I feel like you learn what you can do with writing through reading because I've yeah. seen a lot of. It seems like stuff that they might tell you in school. Sometimes you can't do that. I'll see it in a book. I'm thinking, mm, yeah, because you can get real creative. More, so yeah, creative. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, like that's okay. Like it's subjective. Honestly, writing is not for everyone. But the reading thing is definitely true. Any great author has read a hundred books. Honestly, well, over mm. like this, mm. that's just like any great author, even any great novelist. Let me yeah. say that. If you're a novelist, you have to read other novels to learn how to like you know just really kind of 
construct your sentences, concepts. Yeah. If you're a basketball player and you want to be the best in the world, you're going to watch videos of the best other basketball players. So yeah. it's like, but honestly, my thing is, my I'm not trying to, I always tell my kids, I'm not trying to make you just love writing yeah. so, so much. Like, But utilize it as a skill. Yeah, utilize it as a skill and learn from it because you're going to use it in every other capacity of your life in any way, honestly. Whether it's just writing a caption. Why your, why your comma right there and you don't need a comma to get your caption? <laughs> now I'm looking at your caption on Instagram and I'm like, you a hater. <laughs> <Damn. laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> the English teacher in me. <laughs> it's truth in every joke. Anyway, so what I'm going <laughs> to get to, one, um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you and something that you said that I thought was really interesting is you get you get to basically pick the books that are read for the, for the school year, different things like that. So do you feel like your curriculum and the content within your classroom kind of reflects who you are as a person? 10%. Okay. Well, like, I don't, I can't just say, like, oh, I want to read this book and you got to order me a thousand copies. So basically, yeah. it's kind of like a process. So, like, um, we, like I said, Heist is really big on equity and inclusion. So if I have a book that kind of like is under that standard, and of course, you know, it's still school appropriate in certain ways, and I could say, like, okay, like pitch it kind of like, and so like, the head of the ELA department, Miss White, I had told her I wanted to um, teach Dear Justice, me and another colleague of mine, and she ordered us like four class copies. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and the reason why I wanted to teach it is because it's a story about a young black boy who's incarcerated for something he didn't do, but he's taking a fall for it because he doesn't want to snitch. And he's writing letters to his friend, Justice, who's in college. So we see the parallel of a young boy who, and they grew up in the same neighborhood, went through the same kind of things, but Justice ended up in college and he, Quan ended up in jail. And we see the parallel of how important it is when you're making decisions and how Mm -hmm. like you cannot let your circumstances dictate your decisions. Mm -hmm. And we've had some really good conversations just around like, why did Justice end up in college? Why did Quan end up in jail? And how can we basically, as people, learn from both of their decisions? And, you know, Justice Mm. isn't perfect. He went through things. He did stuff. In the end, Quan gets out because Justice was, sorry, I spoiled it, was a (laughs) pre-law major. Yeah. And so he ends up coming back from college and helping Quan get out because he found a way to not not make him snitch and basically get him acquitted for the crime due to lack of evidence. Mm. So, What is this book called? Dear Justice. Dear Justice. Okay. Wow. That's... I might have to check this and out myself. It's, also, it's actually a sequel. The prequel is called Dear Martin, and that story focuses on Justice's life and how he gets to college and some of the things he went through. And then the Dear Justice one is called focuses on Quan life, where he writes letters to Justice. Um, and it's honestly, it's such a captivating novel. Uh, it touched my heart in so many ways. I remember the first time I read it when I read it before I wanted to read it to my with my class, I cried because it's so many things that Quan goes through inside of the story, just in terms of poverty his father being incarcerated um him taking care of his siblings because his mother is going through an abusive relationship and he just feels so lost so he doesn't go down this path of crime just because you know it was his circumstances that made him make bad decisions like in the book the first time he steals was food for his siblings and although he becomes mm. a thief you know later in the book when he gets older the first time he actually stole something was because his siblings was hungry and they had no money or nothing to eat so it's like it's so many just themes and experiences in there that some of my kids actually live day to day, you know. Mm, and decisions. we've been able to have some amazing conversations. They did amazing posters. I'm so proud of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just really, it was an eye opener. It was, it was amazing. I love the book. I can't. I'm gonna teach it for as long as I can. Wow, I think it's a. It, I think it's interesting that that's a book about decisions because I feel like I've been learning a lot about that. Like, because even as we continue to talk about our transition from college. 
I'm learning your decisions really, oh my goodness, hold so much weight, hold so much weight. There's also this, there was this show on Netflix about basically it kind of touches on how your decisions are so important, but I think that's, it's important that you're teaching a book like that because it also shows students in high school that you might think that what you do right now does not matter, but trust me, it does. <laughs> trust me, it does. If you end up having a child right now, that was a decision you made, right? If you continue, if you decide to put in some serious work as far as training for a sport, that's a decision you're making. If you are not doing so well in school, that's also a decision. Because I know some students don't like school and they may be smart, but they don't want to try. That is also a decision. You may not like it, but you can at least, you know, persevere through it, do what you need to do so you can leave and still have a career or do something else. It doesn't have to be college or the, you know, military, anything like that. These are decisions that you can make, whether you if you do something as a decision, if you don't, it's also another. They teach the choir. Yeah. So this. Yeah, I'm glad that you've been able to do something like that as far as teaching that to your students. So I do want to talk about uh, recently you were you've experienced a teacher appreciation week. So how how was that? How did that experience oh, it's been go? Amazing! It's my first teacher appreciation week. Oh, Heights did so much for us. They gave us a nacho bar. Mm-hmm. They um, what else did we do? They gave us we had like a like a kind of brunch thing with donuts. I forgot so many like little gifts, and my kids wrote me the sweetest letters. I I never cry because I don't like giving kids satisfaction, <laughs> but I did cry. When I wrote, when I read those letters, because I, they, it was a surprise, yeah, unbe- unbeknownst to us teachers. So like the, other, oh, yes, yeah, so okay. like kids wrote them kind of in secret, and then they were in our mailbox, and so they, mm. they kept telling us to check our mailboxes. And something I'm really bad about is checking my mailbox. Like I would get to my mailbox after a month, and I have a stack of papers, and I'm uh, like, what is this? Yeah. And so I got there, and I got all these stacks of papers, and me thinking it's just like stuff I missed out on. It was actually letters from my kids, mm. and um. That, like, I have my bad days. I have my days, like, on my nerves. I have my days when I'm burnt out. But days like that, when I was able to read their words, things that they might not want to say to me, like, in person, but, like, they were able to write it down. Um, It made every bad day worth it. I, yeah. It really, really, really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, again, like I said, when I even when I saw that, I was touched because I was thinking, wow. You don't. You might not understand just who it is that you're influencing, because of course you might always have that student that in the classroom there, you know, might give you a mouth or or very quiet. Like sometimes yeah. I feel like the quiet kids don't like me. I'm like they don't talk to me at all. What, yeah. what am I doing wrong? But one of my kids, oh my god, I love her. She's super quiet, super to herself, and on her letter, like she just was like, every day I come to your class, I just always feel so relaxed. I feel like I can just like really just. Just be myself. I love the things we do. And I'm just like, I, the next day I literally gave her a hug. And she's yeah. like, what's this for? I said, because I read your letter. Like, I didn't know you felt that way about my class and about me. And she was like, yeah, I love you. And I was like, I would have never known. <laughs> you never said you're, it. You're so quiet. <laughs> but, like, it was like I'm making an impact and I didn't even know it. So definitely a big one on that. Yeah, I'm happy that you've had the opportunity to experience that. Because I definitely think it's important that you um, get your flowers. Because... Um, oh, I also just let me brag a little bit. No, I'm just like, <laughs> I also, which I'm very humble about. Honestly, I did not expect to win this. I won new teacher of the year. Hi. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah congrats. Honestly floored. I think I cried that day, too. I'm a crier. <laughs> yeah, I was floored. And then like my I think I don't know which administrator it was because I have a few principals, but they wrote me the cutest like note on why they nominated me just about like my rapport with my colleagues and my students and just like my collaboration and my willingness to learn and grow from you know constructive feedback and i was like wow 
telling you like it's important you you part of the you you play an important part in people's foundation yeah because i mean obviously our brains don't stop forming until we're about 25 but the years that you have at school are very very important because Mm -hmm. what you learn or don't learn here could definitely influence what you might do afterwards so it shakes you exactly and going back to the book we read that was one of the big things we talked about because like justice went to a different high school than kwan in the book and one thing that we were able to notice, like, the, the Justice went like, to a prep school. But uh, before that, they went to the same school, like, mm-hmm. all throughout L and middle school. And we really talked about how important it is for high school to shape you and to shape, like, who you become. And then, like, the people you meet and the connections you make can influence, like, the routes you take. Mm-hmm. And that's yep. maybe why, like, Justice went a different route because he had people that cared about him and that poured into him opposed to Quan, who, like, you know, wasn't really, like, involved in the school and neighborhood and was not, like, going through that. So... That's another big thing we talked about. Like these years, these four long but short years, they shape you um, immensely. And that's another reason why I'm, I want to work with high schoolers. Absolutely. So um, I feel like we've touched on some of the challenges, but what would you say? Because <clears throat> um, you said you've learned some things as far as something that you maybe done wrong, you know, during the school year. So what is one of the things that you have had some experience with this school year that you realize you really want to improve on going into next school year? I'm too nice. <laughs> okay. I'm really nice. I think we all say we don't care if the kids like us. That's a lie. Uh-huh. Any teacher who says that is that's a lie. Okay. You want to your kids to like you, honestly. You might, maybe when you're older and you're like 30 years in, you could care less. But like as a new teacher, you want to make a good impression. You know, you want your classroom to feel safe. But sometimes I can be too nice and I can let stuff slide and like I don't write enough detention and I don't do enough of this. So next year, not be mean, yeah. you know, but like really I was learning classroom management. I was learning what type of teacher I was, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And so like next year, just like being a little bit more stern on like parties and like just certain rules about phones and just making sure that I'm still having the best classroom management possible because that definitely influences the learning environment. Like my kids aren't terrible at all. And I think yeah. that's another reason why I was a little like, you know, lenient. But I think some of that probably comes from the fact that you might kind of see yourself in them. That too. Yeah. Like, I understand. Like you want to kind of show love to like a younger version of yourself. Yeah. It's like, man, I, I would like, I, I, I get it. I get life. I get sometimes it. you're going to be late. Sometimes you're going through it. Sometimes you might have just been through a breakup, whatever. So you, you get it. But I can also understand how you might think, all right, like, um, I'm still your teacher. I'm still your teacher. Like uh, <laughs> my kids, sometimes I just be like, "Y'all really like y'all?" <laughs> <laughs> like I have you think days. this a game? Yeah, you think this is a joke? Like you, you gonna do this to me? Like <laughs> the betrayal. <laughs> like I put cases on. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, yeah, gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna quote this bill, but that's how I feel sometimes. But then, like they'll they'll be so sweet, and I'm just like. See, you trying to manipulate me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes. Like, I have one kid. Oh, my gosh. I love him to death. He's so sweet. He is super smart, super energetic. He's in one of my honors classes. When I tell you he pushes different buttons that I didn't even know existed, mm-hmm. I'd be like, sit <laughs> down. Yeah. Like, why can't you listen? And then he'll turn around like, Miss Winston, I really enjoyed class today. And I'm just like, did you? Because you got on my last Yeah. Year. <laughs> he's, he's like, I just love coming to your class. Like, you, I just, I'm just like, yeah, okay. Right. You, you, you say, you say one thing and do another. I don't know, man. So, man. definitely, just be a little bit more stern with my everyday classroom expectations. That's it. Um, is that it? hilarious? Is that it? Right. <laughs> um, 
Uh, I, I would, you know, also just challenging them more. I think I was a little scared to make stuff too hard sometimes. Okay. Like, instead of giving, making you write this many pages, I'm, I kind of shortened it or having this many sources. So just challenging them a little bit more. But I think that's also goes into just being a first year teacher and just trying to plan and make sure you have things together. So you, you might not think of things being a little bit more rigorous. So those two things for sure. Okay. All right. So what would you say has been... Cause we've we've said a lot of things. You said a lot we of things. Have. What has been since you said two things you want to work on? Let's say the two things that have been like your favorite part about teaching so far. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've said so many, but <laughs> you can really state them again. Yeah, if let's, you let's state them again. The relationships. Yeah. Uh, I um I just I love that. I love my kids. I'm actually excited. I might cry on the last day of school in my third period because. I really got like, really close to them kids, and I don't think I'm going to cry for none of my other kids. I hope if y'all watch this, it's nothing personal. But my third period has, uh, I could cry right now. I love them kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So the relationships, definitely. I'm excited to get a new batch of kids and to, like, keep having my influence and get to know more kids and know more of their stories and more of their lives. Um, so that's one thing I'm going to definitely keep connected with. Um, what's another thing? I would probably have to say another thing that I think I did really good. I got involved early on. Like, I'm on a freshman success team. I helped one of my students run, like, a little dance club after school. And I don't do much because I don't know how to dance. But I'm just like, okay, <laughs> you need somebody to watch y'all, and I'm going to be that somebody. I yeah. lost my shoe. You... But, uh, <laughs> so just staying involved. Like, make sure I want to get even more involved. Like, if I can do, like, MSAN, if I can start a girls group for, like, to mentor young girls here. Like, so just staying involved and keeping the relationships as my top priority. Oh, and also, lastly, I think I did a really good job with, like, just making sure I tried to bring things in the classroom that could relate to the kids. Like, even the book I chose, yep. things we write about. So, yeah, just building off that, keeping their identities in the classroom, in the things mm. we read, mm. and the things we write about, making sure they always see themselves in the content. Because a lot of times, a reason why kids feel disconnected from school is because there's nothing in there that mm, resembles yep. who they are, not even the slightest bit. And it's like, so just making sure. And saying, look. My baby's still seen in her. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm loving. I'm loving to hear all of this because I feel like uh, I appreciated my high school experience and I did enjoy school. But I think this is kind of bringing me back to what. I really did appreciate or things I maybe wish I appreciated more mm-hmm. about school. Cause, what was like your like uh, racial demographic at your high school? Um, So I went to Walnut Hills High School in Cincinnati, Ohio, and um, it was it was a good mix, but it was predominantly white. Oh. It's predominantly white, but um, it never really felt weird. Like it was plenty of black students there. My yeah. school was, you know, slight brag, you know. At the time I was there, it was the number one public high school in the state, Seriously? and it was it was no joke. It was hard, but um, I think that was something that kind of brought a lot of us together. The mm-hmm. fact that it was tough, yeah. it was really tough. But again, because of how tough it was, once I got to college, not to you know crap on college or anything, but I was thinking I'm prepared. It's not because I know sometimes you might go to school. Some students go to schools, and you might get to college. You're thinking I have no idea what I'm about to do. But I knew from an academic standpoint, I said, oh, yeah. Oh, I've done this. I, I've, I've, I've seen worse. I've seen, because I mean, in high school, you know, you, I would have assignments every single day. So and I, I used to hate missing school, to be honest. If I missed a day, I felt like I missed a week. So if I missed a week, what? Insane. 
But college, um, not saying you should just skip. I'm not saying that either. I didn't really do that either. But I just felt prepared. So it was really important to me. But hearing your experience as a teacher, I think my appreciation for teachers is growing as well because I'm starting to I get another um, perspective as far as what it's like to be a teacher and what goes into it. Because sometimes you might take a teacher for granted thinking they don't care. Some don't. But the, the, the ones that do, knowing what goes into that, because I think as I'm getting older and I'm having people that are my peers and they're teaching, I'm thinking, what actually goes into that? Because for you to say that you get to pick the books and th- different things like that, I didn't know you get to do that. I would just think... Not every school does. Right, right. But just hearing your experience, my appreciation for teachers is growing as a whole because teachers, a lot of, you know, some some people act like teachers are not important. But, I mean, once your student, once your child hits a certain age, they're not in daycare anymore. So they're in school... And how long are they in school? For about eight hours, mm-hmm. right? Six to eight hours. So don't you think it's kind of important who, what their teachers are doing mm-hmm. and who they are and, like, how they treat them? So these are different things that it just shows how important this role is. So I also do want to ask you, what has been the highlight, like, if you had to say, of this whole school year, what has been the biggest highlight of the school year for you? That's hard. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I've had so many, honestly, mm-hmm. in such a short time. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Nope. This might seem small, but I this I think this was definitely probably, like, one of the biggest highlights. Like, outside of, like, me winning the teacher of the year and, mm-hmm. like, the little things my kids have done for me to show appreciation. I was having my first observation. Um, No, my not my first. My second observation. So, that's when my principal come in and she watches me teach. And um, mm-hmm. I'm always nervous. Of course. Like, oh, am I going to do a good job? Is she going to like the lesson? Is it right. going to be like, you know. So anyways, we were working on Romeo and Juliet. And um, we we were probably in the middle of the of the play. And so the kids had to, we were working on static and complex characters and how that influenced the story plot. It's taking me back. Yeah. Right, exactly. So yeah. one of the, so it, this was an interactive day. So I gave, so I put the kids in groups about four. And each group had like a one pager where it was like this big paper or whatever like that. And I timed them. So like after we, they came in and we, and I did my instructions. So like it's it's like a I do, we do, you do type of situation. So I did my instruction where I explained what complex and static characters are. Most of them already knew because that's just a review type of thing. And then I gave them examples. Like I did like, okay, Spider-Man. Okay, Spider-Man is the complex character. He plays Peter and Spider-Man. Now, Aunt May would be more of a, or is it Aunt Faye? I may. Whatever. It would be more of a static character. Like the whole time she's, you know, plays the mother role. And then I think I did the Lion King. Simba, complex. We see him grow and change. Scar, the whole time he's evil. You know what I'm saying? So like those examples. <laughs> these are back. These are, so she really loved that because she was like, these are things that all these kids have seen. You know what I'm saying? So then on top of that, in their groups, they had to pick one complex and one static character from Romeo and Juliet. Make a quick poster, explain why this character is complex, why this character is static, and give examples from the story or whatever like that. And then the kicker is they had to get up at the end and kind of share their poster. We talked about it, and we kind of did like you know a gallery walk type of thing. So I get to one group. It's my group of boys. They didn't want to get up to present. Made a great poster. All the stuff on there was right because I'm walking around making sure they have the right information, helping them. And they like, we don't want to talk in front of everybody. And I said, you don't want to talk. I said, oh, so you don't want no credit. And so I'm thinking like, dang, I shouldn't have said that in front of my principal because I don't know if that sounded like, you know, yeah. personal. 
So in my post-conference, you know, after the lesson was over or whatever like that, me and her go talk about everything. And she was like, the best thing I seen. She was like, the lesson was wonderful. I loved it. It was based on the content. You knew it. You were able to teach it. The kids knew it. She was like, when that when that group of boys didn't want to get up and you told them, oh, you don't want to get up, then you don't want no credit. She said, because you are talking to them like you're supposed to. She was like, you, you bring yourself into the classroom no matter what. She was like, you don't dry yourself out or you know, water down who you are. She was like, you probably talk to your own kids like that one day when you have something. Yeah. I was like, I would. And she was like, that's what these kids need. Mm. And they need someone that looks like them, but that also would, would treat them how they, the, the discipline. She was like, too many times we let teachers, well, teachers let students tell them what they going to do. And you don't let no kid tell you what they going to do. You command the room, you be yourself, and you make sure you push your kids. And then they got up and they presented, and it was like two minutes. And I'm like, that was not that hard. Because when you get to college, you're going to have to present. You know what I'm saying? So you got to get used to this. And I think that was such a highlight for me because it let me know I never have to change who I am to teach these kids. I can be me 100% authentically, and it just really solidified who I am and that I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And she loved the lesson, and it was amazing. You know, she gave me my feedback on little things, but... Overall, like, I think that was a highlight, like one of the biggest. Awesome. Ah, I love hearing that um, story. So I'm going to take a moment to give you flowers because <laughs> um, I have to give you your flowers just because, uh, again, hearing you throughout this entire conversation, you are spewing intelligence. Mm. So I'm hearing you speak and I'm thinking you have to know what you're talking about to teach to be a teacher, you have to know what you're talking about. So hearing you, um, I feel good because I, it's like these are I don't have any children. I don't have any children or anything. Right. But just because I'm hearing who you are and how you're speaking about your classroom and um, all the different ranges of your intelligence, I'm hearing I, I feel like the students that you have are in good hands. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm I truly feel that because, as I was saying, seeing I don't I haven't seen you in a while. Don't cry. I haven't seen you in a while, but um, I truly mean that because when I see you as a teacher, I, I'm grateful to I'm, I'm happy to know that I know you and the fact that you are impacting the next generation in the way that you are, because it's important. It's just imp like we you need to be people need to see themselves in their teachers in the world and things like that. And I feel like when they see you, they probably feel, you know, calm, comfortable, a little at home because they know that you are, you're there for them, but you're also going to challenge them. You were nervous to do it. You were nervous to maybe challenge some students and then seeing that you got reaffirmed and you should continue to challenge them. We need that. We need those things. Yeah. So to see you as a teacher, um, showing your compassion, showing the relationships that you've built with your students, these are all necessary. And this is why I've been so pressed to have you as a guest <laughs> because I hope it was worth the wait. Yeah, yeah, I was I was so pressed because again, um sometimes I feel like I maybe took my teachers for granted uh and just seeing you get to be a teacher, I at least want to be able to tell you thank you as a teacher. Again, I don't have any students, I don't have any children, any students in this classroom, but being able to see the impact that you have on these students is so important. It's so important and I just love seeing that because I know that the impact that you have on these students is going to affect the future. And so, yeah, <laughs> I hope truly about me. Yeah. Well, let me give you your flowers back because okay. look at you <laughs> okay. running this podcast. I, I appreciate it. All your content. And I know it's not easy coming up in like a media type of 
um in world and you're trying to get yourself out there but you don't stop and on top of that you're not like the type of podcaster who's like going to try to talk to people that you don't know and that you've never met like of course you should do that but you're also going back to your roots of people you met in college people yeah. you see that's doing stuff like i've seen you interview so many people that we went to school with and yeah. that's what it's about like yeah. you're reaching out to the stories that not only you know about but stories that are important that that need to be you know broadcasted wide and loud because we our stories matter they're important and you're talking about like important things like yeah. i think that you know, I know it's not easy to probably be a podcaster. I I don't even know to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said up gave me kind of like, yeah. oh my God, this is so much. But you're doing it and don't stop. You know, like you're yeah. having important conversations with people from all walks of life doing all different things. And this is beautiful. Like, so just giving you, giving you a flower. I appreciate Thank that. You. Like, I always, I always could see you doing something like this. You always had a vibrant personality, always been a people person. And so I think it fits you. It suits you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I receive it. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, were there maybe any last few tidbits of knowledge or anything like that, that you want to give to the audience of the highlight reel? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I'm just focused on like my people that's probably transitioning from college to career. Um, please show yourself some grace, be patient with yourself and really bask in a moment of, I just did four years of school. I didn't took 15 credit hours eight times. I didn't had so many professors, you know, and just really like appreciate that and understand that the transition is not always going to be easy. It's not always going to look like what you hoped it to look like. You're going to have some letdowns. You're going to get a couple no's, but God's rejection is sometimes his protection. Mm. And just really, really, really understand that even though we just graduated, we are still young. We still have so much time to figure out who we are and what we want to do. And the right doors will open and the wrong ones will close. Okay, so just really be patient with yourself. And because it will get hard, but, you know, it will things will come in due time. So I think that's the only thing. All right. Well, thank you, Tori, also known as Miss Winston. Um, thank you so much for thank being a guest on the Highlight Reel. I've, like I said, ever since I reached out, I was pressed. I was like, <laughs> we are going to get this together. Thank We're going to figure this out. interested in my little story, yeah. my, my journey of being a teacher. This really means a lot to me that you came all this way to... Yeah. You know, interview me. I'm 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 humbled and I'm just so appreciative. Yeah, no, nah, I think it's necessary again. Like teachers play such an important role and I definitely wanted to have this conversation. Um, but again, thank you, Miss Winston, <laughs> for being a guest on the highlight reel. Thank you to the audience, the viewer, the watcher. Um, like, comment, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend, all those good things. But this has been your episode of the highlight reel. And with that, that's it. Peace out. Bye.